0: Alright, let's get started with the Master Passive Income Podcast. My name is Dustin Heiner. Thank you so much for being with me. I'm the founder of MasterPassiveIncome.com and we talk all about real estate rental properties. I want to show you how you can quit your job and never work a job again by investing in real estate rental properties. I quit my job when I was just 37 years old. And I will never, literally never work a job again. It is absolutely amazing. I talk to so many of my students who say they absolutely hate their job or they wish they could travel the world or they wish they could spend more time with their family. There are so many things that we know we would like to do with our time. The most valuable thing we can ever spend is our time. Now today we're going to be looking at how you can invest anywhere in the world, with these principles last week we talked about the first 10 principles well today we're going to be talking about the last 10 so we're 20 principles total that are going to be helping you to invest in real estate create a passive income business that works while you sleep go on vacation or do whatever you want all right guys so let's get into the show where we talk about the principles of investing in real estate no matter where you live in the entire world all right guys Let's get ready to rumble! Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about all aspects of real estate rental properties, with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Now I'm going to be sharing something cool with you guys. Next week, I am going to be going to Florida, Orlando, Florida. I have a conference I'm going to go to. It's called FinCon. It's a financial bloggers conference. We talk about everything about, you know, better podcasting, how to podcast better, how to write better blogs, how to reach more people, things like that. Well, I'm going to be taking my entire family to Florida. And this is the middle of September, you know, most or actually end of September, you know, getting in October. And we have a lot of people that. Would normally not be able to do this, but I'm gonna be gone for almost, uh, you know, a little over a week, if not two weeks, almost. Going to Florida and sightseeing after or before and after the conference. You know, we're, I think we're going to go play, you know, wrestle some crocodiles and alligators. We're going to be riding on one of those airboats, you know, one of those big tin boats that have a big hole that you sit on top of the water and there's a big propeller, like huge wind blowing propeller. It's a big fan that blows and you go over, you know, all these weeds and and brush and all that sort of stuff over the water, you know, running over alligators and all that good stuff. We're going to be doing that. We're going to go to Busch Gardens, we're going to go to SeaWorld, we're going to go so many great Places like I said wrestling alligators we're so excited about doing that, but i 'm going to be going to Florida, and what 's great is my my business is taking our entire family, our entire family like this is for my business, going to Florida, but i'm able to write it off as a business expense now, obviously, little things like you know going to amusement park and all that sort of stuff no, but you know me flying there and playing paying for a hotel or I'm actually getting an Airbnb, which I love Airbnb all that stuff is expenses that I'm going to be able to write off on my taxes because it's part of my business. That's the same type of thing that you're going to be able to do with your real estate rental properties. Let's say you buy a property in Hawaii. This is your rental property. you rent it out for, I don't know, 50 weeks out of the year, but you make money every single month and every single week from that property, but you get to go there for two weeks. Let's say you go there for two weeks to check on the property. Well, that's a, uh, tax write-off because you're literally checking on your property. It's a business expense and everything from the travel to the staying there to you know rent a car, whatever it might be, those are all business expenses that you can write off because you're checking on your property. You're possibly even looking for more businesses or more properties to buy to build your business up bigger. So that's the benefit of having a business. Now, what we're talking about today is having a business with real estate rental properties anywhere in the world. Last week, we talked about one through 10. So the first 10 principles of investing in real estate. Today, we're going to be talking about the last 10. So we have 20 total. We're going to start at 11 and go all the way to 20. Now, if you go to my show notes page, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash zero you you'll get the 10 final principles that you're going to be able to apply to your business. Also, any other links and everything that I talk about in this podcast will be in there as well. All right, guys. So now let's get started. Before I get into the last 10 principles, let me quickly go over the first 10 principles. Number one, always make a positive monthly cash flow for each month that you own the property. You wanna be making money every single month. Number two, you want to buy lower than market value. So buy lower than what the value of the market is for that property. Number three, buy properties that you can fix up and force up the appreciation. You want to make the value go up. Number four, make sure the expenses are lower than rental income. You know, expenses are lower. Income is high. You make profit. Number five, make sure there is demand for your property that people actually want to rent the property. Number six, Only invest where people will rent your property. Don't rent it out in the middle of the Death Valley. You know, don't rent it out in the middle of the desert where nobody's going to rent. Only rent where people will rent. Number seven, buy good investments, not good properties. You know, good properties, You know, they're pretty, they're all great and everything, but they don't make you money. You wanna buy properties that make you money. Number eight, place good tenants and run background checks. That could be, you know, nine and eight and nine together, but I've combined them together. Place good tenants and run background checks. Number nine, Make the property rent ready and don't make it the best house on the street. You don't want it to be the the prettiest girl on the block. You want it to be just the average, you know, plain Jane. That's what you want. These properties be plain Jane so that anybody can rent it. Number 10, properties or buy properties that can make you $250 or more a month in passive income. So those are the first 10. Now let's jump into number 11. And if you want to listen to everything I explained of about more in depth of the first one through 10, go ahead and listen to my podcast, Master Passive Income podcast number 26. The show notes are masterpassiveincome.com forward slash 026. And this podcast session you're currently listening to is 027. All right. Now, number 11, be proactive with your tenants. Now your tenants are the people that are paying you money. If they don't feel like they're having a good property, they don't have a good landlord. They're not the landlords not taking care of the property where they, there's water leaking everywhere, there's rats running around everywhere, things are falling apart. Tenants are not going to be happy and they're eventually going to move out and that costs a lot of money. That's a big one. Also, you want to make sure the tenants are living in a good place that not necessarily one that you want to live in because you might have different standards from the, your tenants, but you want to make it to where they feel blessed. You know, they're, they're, they have a good property. They have a good place and they have a good landlord that's taking good care of them. So be proactive with your tenants. That could be something as simple as the tenant calling you up or giving you a message saying the faucet's leaking period. You know, that could be it. Something as simple as that. Well, a leaky faucet. Oh, well, let's go ahead and not worry about it. Well, a proactive landlord would actually go out there with, you know, send a property manager, send the handyman or something like that to check out why it's leaking. Because if the tenant is telling you it's leaking, you may think it's leaking and dripping into the sink and it's draining into the sink. And hey, no love loss or no worries because it's just draining. And it's just wasting a little bit of water. Bummer. Oh, well. But the tenant might actually mean it's leaking behind the faucet, behind the sink, and draining down the drywall into the property. And it's actually making a huge mess, um, destroying the property, ruining the cabinets. It could be something as bad as that. So don't take your tenant's word for it, hey, it's leaking, or you know, anything that happens, you want to make sure you check out because you want to be proactive on your properties. The last thing you want is a drip that's dripping from the roof. Like, let's say the tenant say, hey, you know, there's there's a little leak and um, somewhere. And you're like, okay, well, little leak is okay. Well, don't do that. You want to go find it because a little leak can turn into a big leak very, very quick and make even more damage than that little leak. If you would just fix that little leak and fix that little damage, by putting it off, you're going to be spending so much more money, and you're not going to have a happy tenant. So be proactive with your tenants. Number 12, take good care of your tenants. Take good care of your tenants. Now, now that's not to say you know somebody moves in, and within the first two months, they're, the third month, they're late on their, their uh, rent payment. It's not saying be a, a pushover and say, oh, okay, you know I'm not going to charge you the late fee, but don't do it again. No, that's not what I'm saying. Taking good care of tenants is not being a pushover, is not being a landlord that just lets them run roughshod over anything, over them. A good landlord who takes good care of their tenants Make sure that things are taken care of. Then it goes along with number 11. Being proactive with your tenants, getting things taken care of, but also take good care of your tenants. You could possibly even, you know, during Christmas time, just send them a a $25 gift card to Walmart or something and say, hey, thank you so so much for being such a fantastic tenant. We really, really appreciate you. You know, here's a gift from us to you because you're such a good tenant taking care of the property. It could be something like that. Now, I'm not saying do that, but that's a good thing. That's a good gesture. How much, how how great would it be if your landlord, your... well, if you buy a house with a mortgage, if your bank sends you a $25 gift card once a year, wouldn't you be like, oh man, this bank's really cool. Yeah, of course you would. They'd be like, that that bank is is actually, you know, giving back, which is nice. So take good care of your tenants. And it could be after a year of the tenant being in the property. Remember, this is not the first two months, but after a year of the tenant being in the property, they fall on hard times and they need a little leniency. Like they need another week to pay the rent. Well, that's understandable. Things happen. And if you have a good tenant, you want to keep good tenants. You want to keep them in there and you want to make sure that they're happy. So what I would do is if they've been in their year, they've been a good tenant, I would say, you know what, for this this one month, I will definitely help you out. And I won't charge a late fee as long as you follow the schedule. And this is what a huge tip I'm going to give you. If you have a schedule, like the tenant says, well, the rent was due on the 5th, but I, I need until the 15th to pay and I'll pay on the 15th. Well, that's a schedule. If And you say, okay, I'll give you to the 15th. If the 15th comes and goes, do not give any more leniencies. Like don't be a nice guy after that. That's your schedule. Say after the 15th, then I'm going to charge you a late fee. And then if, you know, three days after that, I'm going to have to start the eviction. So just so you know, that's the process. I'm going to be very lenient right now. But if you don't follow through the schedule that you set forth that we agreed upon, then I'm going to have to step forward and go through the process of, of looking for a new tenant. You don't want to do that, but what you do is you let the expectations know, known way beforehand so that there's no um, uh, discrepancy where, oh, what, I thought you did this. I thought you did that. No, no, none of that. Hey, and you're not a pushover. You know, one lie can turn into another lie, then turn into another lie. So you don't want that if they don't make the first deadline then that's when you start. You don't give them extra and extra um, uh, leeway and be a pushover, so don't do that. But take good care of your tenants, especially the good ones. Number 13, run your business like a business. Now, obviously that sounds simple and easy to do, but it's not so much when you're a landlord. If you don't have a property manager and you run the business yourself, it's really easy to get in the idea of, well, you know, I just have one property. Let me go ahead and take care of this person. Oh, you know, they're so nice. They, they feel like I've known them my whole life, so I'm going to take care of them. Oh, they couldn't pay their rent this month. You know, I'll put it off. You know, they'll, they'll catch up. Oh, this next month. Oh, well, they said that they had a car breakdown. the next month after that. Oh, they said their son got you know arrested, so they had to bail him out. So they're three months behind. But you know, I'm gonna be a nice guy. No, no, you run your business like a business, just like a bank. If you don't pay your mortgage in one month. They're going to start the for- the foreclosure process. They're going to go through the process of kicking you out. They're not going to be lenient and say, oh, you're a nice guy. Let's go ahead and give you another month. No, no, no. You need to run it like a business. And here's the big reason why, the takeaway for me. For at least four or five years, I was not running my business like a business. People were lying to me left and right. They were taking advantage of me left and right. And I was losing thousands of dollars. When I realized that I needed to run my business like a business, that's when I started actually making money every single month as opposed to you know a, a good month that I make a lot of money, a bad month where I don't make any money, a good month and a bad month and a bad month and a bad month, then another good one. Now, because I run my business like a business, it's even keel where everything is almost like it's a paycheck. I know exactly how much is coming in. Now there's variances, obviously there's things that come up, but I have a steady business because I make it and I run it like a business. Number 14, always be on the lookout for future deals. Never stop looking for deals. Even if you have like, I have 34, 35, I keep, I forget the track, I lose track, but I have a number of properties and I still look out for good deals. If a good deal comes to me, I go ahead and buy it. Um, I have plenty of money to go out and buy a property right now, but I'm not in the building mode of building my business because I see the market currently as right, right now, it's, it's September 2018, 2018, September 2018. It's a really hot seller's market. And so prices are very, very high. So I don't go out and look for deals. Now, if a deal comes to me like it has in the past, I snap it up and I buy it because it's a good deal. I make money every single month. But I'm not going out there right now, even though I have money, because I see it as a seller's market. And I'm currently selling a few properties because I can make a ton of money. So there's a good thing that Warren Buffett said once, When people are buying, you need to be selling. This is a sum up. When people are buying, you need to be selling. When you're, when people are selling, you need to be buying. Basically, you need to be contrary to what everybody else is doing. And right now, I see everybody else um, buying, and so I need to be selling. So that's what I've been doing right now. But that's not to say I'm not looking for deals. So always be on the lookout for future good deals. Number fifteen. Tell everyone you meet that you are an investor. Remember, this is your business. No matter if you have 35 properties like me or however many I have, no matter if it's like me or if you have one or even zero properties, you know, before I even have my first property, what I would say if somebody came to me and say, hey, Dustin, what do you do? I would say, oh, I'm an investor. I invest in rental properties. You know, I could say, and what I did say in the past was, oh, I work for the county. I work in the IT department, you know, in a technology department. I, I do that. That's what I do. Well, That's my job. That's what I do is something that I give myself. It's not what somebody else gives me. I tell everybody what I do. I am a doer of real estate. I buy real estate, even though I might not have bought any properties yet. But because I started that, telling people that I was an investor, I was an investor, People started saying, Hey, I have this property that, you know, you actually just you know, last week, I got a text from a friend said, Hey, this guy's selling his house. You might want to take a look at it. He's asking for a little bit lower than market value. Now, it may not be a great deal, it may be a fantastic deal. I don't know. But I have people telling me because I let everybody know that I'm an investor of properties. They say, Hey, here's a property, you know, it's currently rented for this. This is what you might be able to buy it for. What do you think? Now, if I didn't tell anybody, if I just kept telling everybody, I worked for the technology department at the County, they would not ever tell me about real estate. But because I tell people that I'm an investor, even when I didn't have any properties, or especially now when I tell people I have uh, multiple properties, I get lots of people saying, "Hey, what about this? You know, how? Here's this property that somebody's selling. My brother's selling this property. Whatever it might be. So you're always on the lookout for future deals. Like I said with number 14, but number 15 leans right into that. Tell everyone that you are an investor. You're always investing, investing or What you are is a mindset. Like I said, just a few seconds ago, it's a mindset. It's not something that your boss gives you, you know, like, what do you do? Well, your boss gives you a job. That's not what you do. You're an investor. So you need to act like it, even if you don't have any properties. Hopefully I beat a dead horse on that because I really want you guys to take that to heart. You want to look at yourself as being an investor with a side job, not a, you know, whatever you're like, let's say you're, um, you're a doctor with a side business of buying properties, or you're a pizza delivery driver that you have a side business of buying properties. No, no, no. Your side business is not a side business. That is your business. So when anybody asks you, what do you do? Say, well, my business is buying real estate. Oh, do you, and somebody might say, respond which they have. Oh, so do you, you know, is that all your income is just from real estate? No, I have a side job that, that brings some money, but you know, I'm an investor and just leave it at that. And so it's easy. It's just a mindset. So again, hopefully I'm beating a dead horse. I really want you guys to look at yourselves as investors. It's going to change your world when you start telling everybody that you're an investor and you start telling yourself that you're an investor. It changed my world when I started doing that. Number 16, have a property manager to run the daily business of the property. Now, especially in areas that you have no idea, like I was saying These principles you can use all over the entire world and use these principles to make money in real estate and quit your job. Now, especially if I want to like, say, New Zealand, I'm going to buy a property in New Zealand so I can go visit whenever I want, you know, once a year, take the family there on vacation. Well, I'm going to absolutely rent it out when I'm not there, but I'm also going to hire a property manager, not just because it's someplace that I'm going to you know, rent on a weekly basis. Even if I just bought to invest, I would hire a property manager because a licensed, now this is key, a licensed property manager will know the laws. They'll know the idiosyncrasies of the government that they work around, the people that are around there, the type of clientele that you're going to rent to, the uh, realtors that are out there that you can buy properties from. They're going to have lots of connections and help you run your business. Above all, they're going to be your day-to-day operations person that makes money for you every single day because the property's making money. They fix up the property, they get it rented, they collect rents, they, evict people and all that sort of stuff. And you just make money every single month. In fact, just today from one of my property managers, I got a $7,000 over with like maybe $7,500. Um, uh, it- check. Actually, it was a direct deposit directly in my account. This is one of my many property managers that I have. So just one, boom, all of a sudden in my account, $7,500. Well, praise the Lord. That's a lot of money, obviously. And so bam, right in my bank account, I didn't do anything the entire month, the property manager did all the work. I didn't do any work and I got to make money. I even went to Alaska and I still made money. Isn't that amazing? So hire a property manager to run the daily business of the property. Number 17 of the principles of investing in real estate is. Build a great team of professionals around you. Now, when I say professionals, I'm talking about contractors, property managers, realtors, plumbers, inspectors, you know, electricians, uh, roofers, things like that. You want to build a team of people around you that will be able to run your business without you. That's basically what it comes down to. You want other people to do the work and you make money even though I still I have I hire lots and lots of people from handymen to electricians to my property manager, I pay my property manager 10% a month. Um, Usually all my property managers take around 10% a month of the month's rent for their fee, which is completely in my numbers like I look at my numbers beforehand and make sure that I can afford a property manager so that I did not have to manage the property myself. So build a great team of professionals around you. And if you have a good property manager, they already have a built-in business around you. So they will basically be your quarterback running your business. So build a great team of professionals around you. Number 18, use leverage to buy more properties. Leverage is using other people's money, like borrowing money from a bank, borrow money from your family, your dad, or something like that. Basically using other people's money, leverage, to buy more properties. I grew my business dramatically in six years from zero properties to 19 properties by using leverage. Now, praise the Lord, I have so many properties that so much money coming in that I've paid off lots and lots of mortgages. Like I said, I think I have 34 or 35 properties and I've, I only have maybe three or four mortgages on, on three or four properties, and the rest of them I own free and clear. That's fantastic because that's all profit and that's all income coming in from the rents, and they're not going to a mortgage. And so, using leverage to buy more properties, I grew my business so fast in 19 uh, to 19 properties in six years that I was able and I had enough money to quit my job, or basically replaced my income from my job. Now, I was able to be wise, though. I didn't just get, you know, leverage or property, mortgage after property, mortgage after mortgage after mortgage after mortgage. I was wise. I didn't just jump in at everything and just buy as much as I can. I made sure I I grew steadily where I bought first year was like one property. Next year was two properties. Next year was three properties. Then the next year after that was four properties or five properties. I can't remember how it actually worked out, but I had 19 properties in six years because I was using leverage in other people's money. Number 19, continue to grow your business. Never stop growing your business. Always be on the lookout for more properties. I mean, God forbid something happens where one of your houses burned down. Well, you don't want to depend on that for your living um, and and never grow your business any more than that. You know, you'll get insurance money that's that's granted, but you lose that income. So always be growing your business. I love the movie Tommy Boy. It's one of my favorite movies growing up. And that movie had one line in there, that Tommy Boy's dad said. He said, In the auto parts business, and I think in every business and even in life, he says, In the auto parts business, you're either growing or you're dying, there's no third direction. So you're either going up, you're getting your business stronger, or you're dying, you're getting your business weaker. So you want to grow your business, you want to continue building your business, buying more properties. And like I said, number 18, use leverage, use other people's money to buy properties. Number 20. And here is one thing that I really, really want to stress and emphasize is get coaching, get real estate investing coaching. And the reason why is I would have saved so much ridiculous money if I would have got a coach. If I had somebody showing me the ropes, showing me, hey, if you do this, it's going to cost this much money. Or if you do this, watch out because this is the repercussions of doing that. Or hey, this property you're going to buy, I wouldn't buy it because it has X, Y, and Z. Oh, wow. I wouldn't have seen that. I'll give you a big example. If I had a coach coaching me, I would have been able to save at least $2,000 in three different, no, two different instances. So in one area of the country, if the electricity has been off for one year, the government, before it, if electricity can be turned on, the permits to turn electricity back on, the government goes out and inspects the property. They inspect all the electrical. Well, if the electrical is under code, it's not up to code, basically, you need to replace everything that's not up to code. You need to bring the entire property up to code in order for them to turn on the electricity. I mean, I've had properties that are old knob and tube. I'm really, really old, like, you know, 1940s, 1930s um, electrician, electrician, you know, work. And so I had to actually outfit the entire house with a new electrical system, $1,500 to $2,000. Well, I actually had two properties back to back that I was buying that both of them had that. And I was blown away. I That was a, a whole big chunk of change that I was not prepared for. Now, praise the Lord, I'm on the back end. I still am making tons and tons of money from those properties. But that was a big mistake. So that would be from two properties at $2,000, that's $4,000 that I wasted, not to mention having to fire a property manager because they were stealing thousands of dollars from me or letting tenants stay in there too long because they were giving me all sob stories and I didn't evict them and you know, spending thousands and thousands of dollars um, in lost rents or getting mortgages that I just shouldn't have or buying a property that was too expensive. So many different things that now after me, what, 12 years, 13 years of doing this, I have learned so much. So I would strongly suggest get coaching because there's so many things you don't know. So many things I didn't know, but now praise the Lord, I've been doing it for so long that I've done all the mistakes and I have, I have such a solid business now that the money comes in hand over fist. So get coaching. And if you are interested at all in me coaching you, I'd love to help you out. Go to my website, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash courses and I have coaching. I have my online courses there. So you can check it out, see if you if it would be a good fit. So there's an application process. You actually have to fill out an application. There's a phone interview. I want to make sure that we're going to work well. I mean, it's probably just me. Like, you know, the people that I've turned down in the past, it's probably just me. It's just my personality doesn't mesh with them. I, I'm I'm not that great or whatever it might be. But it just doesn't mesh well. And I just feel like, hey, I'm going to give my time to people that are going to actually implement the things that i'm coaching so that they can change their lives like if i have somebody that just you know they have a lot of money they want to give me money but it doesn't seem like they're really that passionate about it you know they're going to take you know five years to buy the first property I'm like well get back to me in five years when you're ready to buy i want to give my time to people that are actually going to implement my what I'm coaching. So all my students out there, if you're my student, hey, I, I re- really appreciate you. Love you guys. And I want to help you guys. So if you want to become a student, I love to work with you too. go to my website, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash courses, and you'll be able to see my coaching and the courses and everything. Again, all of these show notes will be in also the link to the courses will be in my my podcast show notes. You can go there at masterpassiveincome.com forward slash zero two seven. This is session number 27. So go there, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash zero two seven. Also, if you go there, you can also get my free course. My free course, it's a condensed version of my course, my big course, that's the ultimate real estate investing course. It's a condensed version of it, getting you started to help you to see that you can change your life with real estate rental properties. All right, guys, I wanted to show you, and the reason why I have these last Two podcast sessions is that you can invest anywhere in the world and still make money hand over fist with real estate as long as you follow these principles principles always stay the same so make sure you follow these principles change your life with real estate all right guys next week i will be recording out of orlando florida super excited hopefully i'll get lots and lots of pictures i'll be able to put on the show notes and put on my website so you can see how awesome it is to be out there in florida riding those those air boats and wrestling alligators and you know all that sort of stuff all right guys you take care of yourselves see ya